Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Monday, December the 4th. As we like to do on Mondays, we'll be chatting with our friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. Hello, Bill. Welcome. It's always great to have you. Pleasure to be here, Silvio. Uh, We have a lot to talk about, a lot happening in the world, much more than usually happens during the holiday season. That's correct. Uh, But, Bill, let me ask you a question. My mother used to say uh, that... Time would fly after I graduated from school and had responsibilities to do, you know, work and all of that. Uh, I have never seen a year go by faster than 2023. Am I the only one who thinks that the clock uh, is running a little too fast, Bill? Uh, I, I, I think one of the reasons is that as we get older, each year seems shorter. Now, I, I once read that and uh, I, I I don't recall the exact logic of it, but apparently it has to do with the fact that uh, a year uh, now is a much shorter part of your life than a year 20 years ago. And no, you're probably that's that's a pretty good explanation, because I'm thinking of my grandson, Lincoln, who's three and a half. For him, a year is a long time, you know, most of and his life, well, almost well, a good part of his life. Sure. A third of his life is one year. Uh, for me, it's a little, a little less than, or a little more than that, I guess. But uh, it's just fascinating. I just think this year has just gone by so fast to, to imagine that we're a year away from an election. Actually, shorter than that. A year from today, we'll know who the new president is. I hope so. That's, I and hope so it just too. seems like we were just fighting about the last election. So you know, amazing how that goes. Let me begin by bringing up the name of Henry Kissinger, who passed away. 100 years old, which is pretty amazing. If you live to 100, that's pretty amazing. Um, I remember him as the national security advisor for President Nixon. They say that he was behind the trip to China and ending the Vietnam War. And and then he continued with President Ford. But I, I thought it was pretty much over by that. I, I don't remember him much here recently, but a lot of people are angry with Henry Kissinger from some of the comments that I see in the notes and all of that, Bill. Yes, well, he has always had a mixed reputation because remember that he came from the academic world. He was a professor at Harvard. The academic world is left-wing. He joined the Nixon administration. I mean, Nixon, uh, to the academic world, was despised. I mean, and, and and to the general liberal class that tends to run American society, he was called Tricky Dick. Uh, associating with him was like associating with the devil. And here he was both Nixon's national security advisor and later secretary of state. And he hold, uh, he held at uh, one point both jobs at the same time. Uh, so he was closely associated in the public mind and the academic mind with Richard Nixon. Uh, he um, also had this kind of uh, uh, quality about him, a mystique, that he was involved in something devious. He had that very deep German accent. And of course, uh, to to the American uh, imagination, that deep accent must mean he was doing something very secret, you see. And uh, he didn't do anything to discourage that. I mean, he kind of celebrated his power uh, and his influence. Uh, he, He has been active since leaving the uh, officialdom of Washington uh, in writing books, he has had a firm, uh, Kissinger and Associates, which advised international business. That didn't help his 
reputation very much on the academic left. But um, I think there were good things to say about him, bad things to say about him. His career was so long that you're going to get some of both. That's right. Well, 50 years. I mean, that you know, when you think about that, he was Secretary of State 50 years ago. Sure. I wonder how many people, you know, even talk about who, whoever was the Secretary of State 50 years before. I mean, that's just not something that that we talk about too much. He did. Uh, I oh, by the way, you mentioned the, he had a, a personality. Didn't he hang around with all these pretty women for a oh, while? Oh yes, oh very much so. He was he was considered very much the man about town. Right, and he once said that power is the greatest aphrodisiac. Uh, this was when he was dating, I believe, uh, Jill St. John, or yes, he he dated a lot of uh, very attractive women from Hollywood. They found him attractive, uh, and um, so he he had a a, a a reputation that was affected by his own affectations about being kind of a celebrity and a star. I would think that if, if you're dating Henry Kissinger, you're going to go to some pretty good parties. Oh, yes. Uh, that, that, you know, I'm not saying that was the only attraction, but if you're a woman and you're dating the Secretary of State, well, you're going to get to go to some pretty good receptions, Bill. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I only saw him twice in person. Uh, and he was very uh, formidable in, in person and very friendly to people. He he would take, uh, 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 you know, engagements around the New York area to speak at uh, organization meetings, often uh, rather small meetings. I mean, it didn't have to be a big meeting. And uh, he was he was the same Henry Kissinger. Right. Uh, always had something important to say, whether you agreed with it or not. At least he did the job. Right. And. Uh... It was also a big Yankee fan. I didn't know that. Yes, very much associated with the Yankees. Yeah, he was always at a lot of games, from what I hear. And one, I guess, one of his very last interviews uh, that he did, he was somebody from Europe was interviewing him, and he went to make the point. They asked him about what was going on in Europe with the migrants, and I'm paraphrasing him, but he said something like, "It's a big mistake to bring people into your country." who don't share your values or your culture. That's right. That eventually that will will blow up. And my goodness, uh, look at what's happening in Ireland right now. Yes. And and look what's happening in, in many European places. So, many. Look at, the, look at the Netherlands and uh, countries that we associate with liberalism are turning against the migrant situation because the migrants they chose to bring in uh, were very far from European values. Very. Far. That's right. That's right. So, so Henry Kissinger. It's always good to see somebody live to a hundred. I've always, you know, not that many people get to live that long, and so he must have been in pretty good health. He uh, must have uh, been, and, he, and yeah. he never he never looked healthy. He was always uh, very much overweight, right. and uh, uh, but we've had uh, a, a, no, a number of people recently who died who lived lived to a hundred. There was. A very well-known Hitchcock actor named Norman Lloyd, That's who right. uh, was in the audience once when I gave a talk at the New York Public Library. Magnificent voice, just a magnificent voice. Died at 106. Wow. That is, uh, well, Mrs. Carter was, what, 98, 96, um, something yes. like that, when she died. And in fact, uh, President Carter, if he makes it to next April, we hope he does, would be 100. Yes. He makes it, which means I would think that's the only... Uh, ex-president who has ever lived to 100, I would think. I don't think there have been any, you know, yeah, uh, I mean, up, to, up to now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think so. But anyway, um, Henry Kissinger, 
And you said his real name was? Heinz. Okay. Heinz. Heinz he came Kissinger, from, you mean? He, uh, yes. And he, he came from Germany, and there was an incident involving a, uh, a crowd of people who were waiting to see him or to because they or they understood he was going by and somebody in the crowd shouted Heinz and he had a very negative look on his face he wanted to be accepted as a full american uh he never uh, mentioned his religion uh, uh he was one of the european jews who got out and was able to get out before hitler imposed the holocaust so his family survived i believe he went to city college of new york uh was recognized very early in life as a, an academic star. Uh, and um, in fact, when I went to the University of Chicago, he was listed as an incoming assistant professor. But, wow. he, never, but he never took the job. He wow. never, never, never came to Chicago. Well, if he wanted to, to integrate into the United States, he picked a good baseball team to do it, the Yankees. You know, That's, a, that's an easy way to... To become uh, very American. That's he, probably well, he, the... he, I think he said something to that effect that really he, he always associated the Yankees with his coming to America. And he went to games and uh, he uh, was invited to functions. Uh, but the Yankees, were, yes, they made a very, very uh, tasteful statement on on his death about how much he meant to, uh, to the New York Yankees. But yes, he was uh, a big Yankee fan. That's right. That's right. So rest in peace, uh, Mr. Henry Kissinger. Uh, great life, to say the least. Uh, let's go to the what I thought was the big story of the week, and that was DeSantis versus Newsom. There are other stories, but this one really caught my attention because it's almost like the kind of debate, Bill, that I wish the country has or would have in 2024, which is a debate between two governors of two states going in different directions. And I just think that would be a great debate to have, to have these two men talk about their states. And they kind of did that on on this, uh, on this the Hannity show, I think. They got a good audience, 5 million people. And I thought DeSantis beat them. And I was trying to be fair to Newsom, but I thought Newsom looked completely at, out of shape, uh, Bill. I think that's the impression most people had. Well, remember that, uh, putting it very bluntly, DeSantis is a very successful governor of a very successful state. Uh, uh, Newsom is a governor who almost lost a recall election in a state that is really in horrible condition. I mean, California is a disaster area. Uh, California and New York are the two biggest out-migration states in the country. More people are leaving those states than any other states. Uh, and uh, and this, I mean, remember, DeSantis has been con campaigning consistently. He hasn't made much progress, to be perfectly frank about it. And I thought the debate uh, gave something of an indication as to, as to why. He's a very serious man, DeSantis, but he's a, a hard man to, to like. He, he seems to be kind of a political mach machine who, who thinks only about those things. He ought to relax occasionally. Uh, be uh, a little friendlier, but I think he would make a great president, and I think he has already demonstrated that by being a great governor. I mean, Florida is just a, 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 a magnet for people wanting to leave their current states. Well, especially from the East Coast. I mean, yes. there seems to be uh, two big avenues of people leaving. From the West Coast, they come to Texas, and from the East Coast, they come to Florida. 
Yes. Uh, and that, that seems to be the, the destination where these relocation trucks go to. But I was surprised at it, like with Newsom, normally when you have a debate like this, you prepare yourself, I guess, to a point. You anticipate questions. And it just seemed like, you know, Newsom just thought that uh, he could just, you know, as they say in baseball, that he could get back on the major league roster without going to the minors. And it just seemed like he was completely out of shape. Uh, and maybe what's really happening to Newsom, Bill, is that there's no competition in the West Coast. That's right. That's so right. They and, never and, see any real debates. Yes. And within the Democratic Party, he's considered just fine. A failure doesn't mean anything in the Democratic Party anymore. I mean, you can strike out throughout the entire game. And as long as you look good and mention the appropriate 10 ethnic groups uh, that, that uh, are required to, to, to make you a real person, that seems to be the Democratic Party. They have a very weak bench. Uh, should uh, uh, President Biden drop out, and I think it is still a real possibility, uh, they are stuck with ha uh, Kamala Harris unless they, should, they could come up with an obvious alternative who would be more popular, and I don't know who that alternative is. They just don't have anybody. You know, the big governors that they have would be the governor of New York. Nobody knows who she is. Yes. The governor of Illinois, who I don't think anybody knows who he is either. Uh, and then, of course, the governor of California. Yes. They do have an attractive governor, attractive in the sense that he he just won re-election in Kentucky. Yes. Uh, he that might be the future of the party, but probably not 2024, Bill. Well, you know, one of the things that the, the party has to deal with is the left wing that is now increasingly vocal and vicious. Right. The governor of Kentucky would make an excellent candidate for president, but he's a moderate Democrat. And the left doesn't want a moderate. They want a progressive. They want somebody who really is a party liner. I think the Democratic Party is all but destroyed. It is so divided. Yeah. Now they're now they're the, the moderates are going after the crazy leftists who have been saying nice things about Hamas. I don't know who would say nice things about Hamas, but not the kind of a person I'd want to see in the White House. That's for oh sure. Sure. And 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 uh, and speaking of that, there there was there's now a big, big backlash against those, you know, this congresswoman, uh whatever her name is from uh, Michigan or whatever. Yeah, well, it's the one from Michigan and one from the state of Washington, Jayapal, who's right. the head, head of the uh, Democratic Congressional uh, uh, Progressive Caucus. They right. call themselves progressive. I don't know why. There's nothing very progressive about them. They they always seem to choose policies that would move people back rather than forward. But they are a cult. They really are. And they have a couple of people who have achieved at least positions of reasonable public recognition but they're thoroughly obnoxious to most of the public. Right. And you would think that, it, you know, if, if you support the Palestine movement, you would think that you can go on television and you can say, yes, I understand the plight of the Palestine people, but you don't rape women. You don't kill young people. At That's a exactly right. I mean, you would think that there is a point there where you can detach yourself from from the more extreme elements of Hamas. But they, I guess they can't. I mean, they I can't. saw this lady on TV, I, I, the, the lady from Washington, I guess. I saw her on TV being interviewed for a little bit uh, this morning. And she has a very difficult time speaking against people who are raping 16-year-old girls. I mean, it's incredible to me, Bill. That's Well, that's, a, that's exactly right. I mean, uh, we have had issues before 
where parts of political parties have been unacceptable to the others. And people have known how to handle it. I mean, at one time, people forget this. At one time, the Democratic Party was a segregated party. Its representatives from the South, who, who were necessary to give them majorities, were segregationists and quite open about it. And they kind of lived with it. But they, uh, they were not very rarely challenged directly. Here, in the case of this woman, she has got people in the Democratic Party who really are pro, not just pro-Palestinian, they're pro-Hamas. I mean, Hamas is basically a fascist organization. And it is the old problem of the political left. They become so ideological, they can't get away from the ideology. Right. That's right. No, they're not helping themselves with public opinion. A couple of other things that are not helping the Democrats either, even though they're not being done by Democrats, uh, they're being done by people who are associated with Democrats, and that's these marches. Oh, you yes. had one in New York City uh, when they were lighting the Christmas tree, which turned into a riot, as I understand. Uh, you had one in Philadelphia a couple of, I think it was last night, where they went in front of a, a restaurant, a deli, I guess very famous in Philadelphia, and they're yelling at the ownership. And I mean, this is crazy. If they were doing that, Bill, to any of the other identity groups of the Democrat Party, There'd be outrage in the Democrat Party. There'd be of people. Course. The news media would go nuts with it. Yes. But I guess as long as you're doing it to Jewish businesses, that's okay, Bill. Uh, yes, that, that's a that's a, a very sore spot, and that's uh, actually Chuck Schumer uh, made a speech about that on the Senate floor just last week about the anti-Semitism on the left, and this was a case of it. And they also were demonstrating near the University of Pennsylvania which has become something of a, uh, a home for some of the more extreme elements uh, on the political left. Now, it is beginning to have an effect. A number of big donors announced they would no longer give funds to their universities uh, if they continued to be so lax about anti-Semitism. And I see in today's news that some of these universities are trying to, to change their stance and get some of the money back that they're losing. They're losing a tremendous amount of money. And they are also, I think, frightened of losing money from foreign students. I think when they go into reporting these demonstrations, if you want to call them that, uh, more closely, we will find many of the demonstrators are foreign students. They bring in a lot of money to universities. They do not get any scholarship funds from the universities themselves. They bring their money from home, the home country. Either they are wealthy residents and some of the arab students are or they are um given the funds to go to college in america by their governments and so as a as a result they pay the full rate and the colleges love them for it especially mit which apparently gets a tremendous amount of money from foreign students now if these a lot of these foreign students uh, learn uh wind up being the people who were causing the damage in these demonstrations, they can be expelled. They're here on student visas, and that might have to be done. And then the universities are poor. They will also be poor if they keep up some of the things they do because they are dependent in part on foreign, not foreign, but the federal aid, uh, which simply makes them richer. They're all rich universities, they, but they get richer from government funds. If government funds are cut, they will have to use some of their own endowment, which is something that is kind of considered a sin. Right. Well, I find it interesting, uh, Bill. You, you wrote something about this today about 
some of the it's like they're speaking different languages and i speak even speaking english in some of these marches oh right which is pretty uh, pretty incredible it seems to me that if you want public if you want to win public opinion in the united states you should at least you know say something more than genocide genocide i mean it seems yeah. like it seems like these people only know three or four words yes. uh in in the language but it kind of reminds me a little bit of when they had the immigration marches 15 years ago and you know they were marching with Mexican flags and Central American flags. Uh, and somebody asked my opinion of it. And I said, well, if you want to win public opinion, you don't carry some other country's flag. Yes. I mean, at least try to try carrying the American flag. Well, but that, that's a very good point. It's been, yeah. the point has been made that traditionally immigrants to the United States came here to be Americans. Right. And 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 uh, these people come uh, come here to make the Americans more into them. Right. You know, we don't want to be Americans. We want you to be whatever it is they're representing. And that is not a popular position of the United States. No. And we mentioned Henry Kissinger at the beginning. Yeah. There's a good example of a man who was fully integrated into U.S. culture, including including, of course, uh, loving baseball. But I, I just find the these these marches these marches plus the climate change marches where they're blocking traffic and destroying property. I don't know who's giving these people advice, but whoever it is, is not very good. They need to change their advisors bill because you don't gain friends by doing stuff like that. No, not, not unless you are at a university where stuff like that is very popular. I mean, these university faculties today are composed of uh, people from the, uh, the uh, race-sensitive movements, uh, critical race theory movements, and they think it's just fine to assert your own culture, you know? And uh, so when these guys are ta talk about uh, praising Hamas for what they did on October 7th, there are faculties that haven't objected very strongly at all. I mean, they, they seem completely detached from real society. They do, they do. And as I say, they only seem to know three or four words. Yeah, that's it. I mean, genocide, it must be the uh, the one that they repeat all the time, because that's all they they know how to to say. But it is an interesting there is a political angle to this. And, you know, the other day I saw a, a video that some Muslim groups in in uh, Michigan are saying they're not going to vote for Joe Biden now. Yes, he hasn't called for a ceasefire. Which that is, is funny. dumb as can be because they have nowhere to go. That not only not only don't they want to go to the Republican Party, the Republican Party wouldn't welcome them. They they really wouldn't. They, I mean, if they don't vote for Joe, Joe Biden, who are they going to vote for? A write-in, you know, and and they'll have they'll have their write-in candidate who will probably turn out to be someone with with a rap sheet, uh, and, uh, and and so they'll they'll make their statement. There was a uh, chart shown on television this morning as to what percentage of each state is is Muslim. And it's a small. It's a very small percentage. I think there was one state where it was where it was they got up to two percent. But yes, they they are a, a, a factor. But the reality is that outside their own group, they are simply not going to be very popular taking these stands unless, as we said, they're trying to get the the votes of anthropology professors. That that will be easy for them. Right. But it is. It's just fascinating to me, having come to the country as an immigrant when I was twelve, how. Every immigrant group, really until now, somehow integrated. 
and somehow became American. You didn't necessarily forget where you came from. I, I've always remembered where I came from. And I, you know, I, especially when my parents were living, I mean, the going to their home was sort of like going back to Cuban culture. But, <laughs> but I still understood that this is the United States and I had to learn to, which I'm very happy to do, of course, become a, a U.S. Uh, citizen and appreciate this country. But these immigrants, they don't love the U.S. That's obvious when you see them marching. So why are they even here studying? Why don't they go to another university? We should send them to Europe. That's probably the best place for them, Bill. Yeah, well, they come here to study things like, I guess, engineering or business administration, uh, where we have some very, very good universities, but they don't want to become part of us. Uh, they they want to, I think, uh, go back. Uh, and if they do stay here, to be part of uh, separate communities. And as we said earlier, that does not make them particularly popular. No, no, it does not. But it, but it is interesting how this is really all coming back to President Biden, whether it's Jewish Americans rethinking the Democrat Party and these Muslims in Michigan rethinking President Biden, he seems to be in a no-win situation, Bill. He's also, uh, I think, uh, not being very clear as to what Israel should do. It seems to be, he says, yeah, Israel can defend itself, but just don't do it really hard. Yeah. And, and I, I just don't think that's a good thing. He ought to be he ought to be more clear about these things, Bill. Absolutely. Well, the, he began well when he uh, talked about defending Israel to the hilt and uh, this was after the October 7th, uh, really, obscenities. And then it began to soften as the left wing of his party came down on him. And we heard about revolts within the White House. And uh, well, well, there are, because there's the Obama wing of the party, and the Obama wing of the party, like Obama himself, are not to Israel. They, they, are, they are not liberals. They are leftists. And the press, I wish, would occasionally explain the difference between the two. Right. That's right. Now, another thing going on in the Middle East is that we continued to be attacked, our troops, our different installations, and there has not been a response against Iran. And I, for one, I'm getting tired of Iran doing all of this without any without any response, Bill. I think we need to take out some refineries one of these days just to let them know what we can do, Bill. I think that's absolutely correct, and it would have to be something big, as you indicate, not simply bigger than the last time. I mean, I, I think, you know, if if they come to us and say, we got tough today, instead of taking out a bakery, we took out a supermarket, you know, and that's that's their definition of tough in Washington. Uh, the administration, uh, the Biden administration, is very much linked with the Iranian lobby in Washington, very much linked with the Obama approach, which is that we have to turn Iran uh, into an ally. What they don't understand is that, number one, Iran, the, the current, current government of Iran, doesn't want to be an ally. Number two, it's not a Middle Eastern country. It's an Asian country. The Arabs do not particularly love Iran, uh, especially since Iran has operations in all these countries to overthrow the governments. That does not make you popular. No. And and the, the it, it's it's the same kind of amateurism we saw during the Obama administration. Very dangerous to this country. But the events over the weekend, where uh, some Iranian proxies fired at uh, ships in the Red Sea, 
uh, and one of our ships, our Arleigh Burke-class destroyers, was there to help these other ships defend themselves, that's getting awfully close to combat. And if something were to happen where one of our ships were hit, I think we would be fully justified in taking out a major tar target in Iran. That's right. Well, maybe we should do it before we get hit. Yes. Send a message, you know, kind of a a message that you know uh, we can do this. But I'm I'm really irritated with uh, the 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 weakness that I think is being projected uh, with respect to Iran. And of course, people see that weakness. Putin sees that weakness. The yes. Chinese right. see that weakness, and they calculate whatever whatever they're going to do. Bill, one last topic today. Uh, there's a fellow named. Rui Teixeira. You may know who he is. He, yes. he wrote this book about 20 years ago about the emerging Democrat majority. Yes. And that became kind of the Bible for the Democrat Party. They thought all they had to do was show up and they would win elections. Uh, Rudy Teixeira has now been, has become sort of a critic of the Democrat Party. And his latest uh, article is regarding crime. And he is saying that crime is going to be a huge issue I think in 2024. He's right. And he, he, he went through a bunch of statistics based on some polling data. Uh, and it's the Democrat Party is starting to get the perception of being soft on crime. And that is a real problem, particularly with suburban voters, Bill. Very much so. Uh, they've been given some leeway over the years because the cities are filled with uh, college graduates who've been trained that the criminal is really not the problem. It's the police who are the problem. Uh, this has not worked out too well for them. Uh, and I, you don't hear too much about defunding the police. But right here in New York, it's actually it actually may happen because the city is so short on money. So much has been spent on immigrants that they may have to cut the size of the police force. And that is extraordinarily unpopular, especially in a city that is struggling really to survive. Right. And facing a crime problem, too. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That, but I thought it was interesting because over in Chicago, they're having a, 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 an economic problem as well, and their budgets are a little low. And uh, I just saw a video of some African-Americans basically saying, you're not taking care of us. And uh, if you think you're going to have a very happy convention, you may not. Uh, well, almost like threatening the Democratic Party that the convention next year could be, I'm not saying it'll be like 68, but it could be exciting, Bill. It could be very exciting. It could be even larger than 68. Uh, the, the people who riot at conventions claim to be concerned about the direction of that particular party, but they have a tendency to think that that party is the whole government. They did this in 68 as well. They rioted at the Democratic Convention because they were angry over the Vietnam War. But the fact is that the Republican Party was even more in favor of the war than the Democratic administration of Lyndon Johnson. So they did probably harm to their cause. But I expect them to be uh, very active in the convention, which I believe is going to be in Milwaukee, if I, if I recall correctly. And um, no, that's the Republican Convention. Though. Oh, the Democrat convention, I'm pretty sure, is going to be in, in Chicago. In I'm Chicago, pretty sure. yes, 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 exactly right. And um, well, Chicago is a city where you get big demonstrations, yes. and the the tendency of the police is to kind of look away. Uh, so I think we're going to have a hot Chicago summer. 
Uh, we'll have a hot Milwaukee summer, summer as well. But really, it's we have to be careful about predicting the future because looking at President Biden, it is very hard to see how this man can run for president unless they do the same thing they did last time, which is put him in his basement and, and say he's working and, and try that. I don't know if that's going to work. Well, it, it worked the last time, I think, because there was such an obsession with Trump. There still yeah. is. But yes. but the last time it was Trump all the time. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the Biden campaign in, in, in 2020 reminded me of that story of the Catholic grandmother who goes to mass every Sunday, drives the car to mass every Sunday, has mass and then comes back and parks her car in the garage. And that's kind of the way that that the campaign was, you know, Biden exactly. would come out once a week and have some ice cream and wave at the crowd and say, I'm not Trump. And whenever they would ask him a question about anything, he would say, well, we're going to be more humanitarian on the border. Yes. Uh, or we're going to do this differently. We're going to be smart. You know, he, I, I don't think he can get away with that bill, but you never know. Well, you do never know because remember that the voting public depends on what they get from the press. And the press is heavily democratic, uh, probably more so today than ever before. And I do not expect too much uh, probing of the sins of the Democratic Party. I expect to see a lot of probing of the sins of uh, Donald Trump. That's right. And by the way, speaking of Donald Trump, I understand the, the trial going on in New York, that the banks show up at the trial and say, well, no, he didn't do anything wrong. You know, he paid us back on time. Uh, Yes, he's. See any, I mean, it's amazing. He, he's not winning on the facts, and uh, if he loses the the case in New York, I'm sorry. If he wins the case in New York or gets a hung jury, it's very bad for the anti-Trump forces because they've got to get off uh, with a real bang in these investigations. And if and if he wins in his own hometown of New York, and and cannot be called a convicted criminal. They, they've got their work cut out for them. I just don't see how uh, they can, any, anyone with, a with any decency can, can, can look at what's happening in New York and not agree that it's a political hit job because they're accusing him of fraud, but he yes. didn't defraud anybody. No, there's no victim. There's no uh, victim. Nobody, nobody's come forward and say, <laughs> to say, I've been cheated. It's a, right. Well, if you look at these cities where these, uh, these, um, cases are being run, they are all along the Atlantic seaboard. I think all of them are within 15 miles of the Atlantic Ocean. And, and you know, somebody should notice it's a big country out there, and not everybody lives within 15 miles of the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, it's strictly a, an eastern uh, big city uh, hit job, uh, which involves four cities, uh, uh, New York being one of them. Uh, the real one, apparently, is, is Atlanta, where they really are lined up to try to bring down this guy and, and because the attorney general of Atlanta wants to be governor. But uh, and then Washington, D.C. is involved. Uh, I think Miami is involved. Uh, these are these are not cities that are representative of the country. And but but all they need is one conviction to make him a convicted criminal. Right. If he can hang all the juries, that's going to be a very difficult thing to do. Well, again, I, I, the one in New York may not even go to a jury, right? I think because that's a civil that's, that, case. Uh, that's a, I think, uh, either he waived the jury uh, or uh, or the 
I don't know how New York law works in that situation. That's right. no, it's a criminal case. No, it but, is okay. Uh, but uh, but I think the state can insist on a non-jury trial, or he has the right to waive a jury trial. Okay. I don't, yeah. I don't yeah, I'm not familiar with it either. But the case in New York is so crazy. I mean, to accuse a man of fraud, and then nobody's none of none of the victims are standing up saying, "Yeah, he." He gave me a bad check. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. And if and the, the judge is very anti-Trump, and if he does come down on Trump, there still will be an appeal. That appeal can take a long, long time. Well, I sure hope so. And I, I would love to see, well, I don't I don't know if this will happen, but I would love to see some of these uh, attorney organizations, these legal organizations come down very hard on this kind of, of you know, of, of attorney generals doing this kind of thing. Because... Yes. This could flip around very quickly. It could be done to a Democrat. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Not only is the Attorney General of New York uh, rather uh, forward in, in bringing this stuff uh, uh, forward as a case, but she comes to the trial, which is not what attorneys general usually do. They usually will bring the case through her office and then go back to work, and then her lawyers will, will appear in court. Of the the state's lawyers, but she comes and watches it, right? And it, it's just it's a very very bad scene. It really is. It really you would think that if 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 you're a judge in this case and you see the evidence, you would think at some point the judge would say, you know what, guys, I don't see it. I don't see the evidence. There's no nobody got defrauded here, so let's you know cancel this case. I don't know if you can actually do it that way, but. Well, he's I, I already think, he's already declared uh, uh, Trump guilty of fraud. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's a you know you talk about you talk about an honest judge. I mean, yeah. I, I sure hope that if Obama ever gets indicted, he gets a better judge. <laughs> yes. Well, the uh, the bench in New York is a Democratic bench, right? So uh, that that's the way it goes. But look, Trump can come out of, can can come out of this very well. I don't think it's likely, but it could happen uh, because the cases are weak. That's I mean, it. You, you know, if, if, if somebody had a photograph of him in a compromising position with, uh, uh, with AOC, for example, uh, that, that's, that's serious. That's serious. That's right. That's serious. Well, that might actually get him more votes in, uh, in the red states. I don't know. I don't know about that. But, uh, but anyway, Bill, as always, thank you so much for your time and thank you for being with us and, Continue the great work at Urgent Agenda. And uh, I guess we're about, what, four months from the baseball season. So we are. We are. So we can look forward to spring training, what, in three months? I always do that. I look forward to spring training at this time. Mm, yep. And That's right. <laughs> another season and uh, of America's pastime. Which 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 is which is America's pastime. I used I used to say America's pastime is baseball, and America's hobby is World War Two. Uh, <laughs> just bring up that subject. You have a conversation. That's right. That's exactly right. Well, Bill, thank you so much. Have a great week, and uh, we'll see you the next time. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Uh, our good friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda, talked a little bit about a lot of different things today. But uh, I was also very happy with that conversation we had about Henry Kissinger. Uh, I was talking to to somebody from Argentina the other day, and, and they mentioned that Henry Kissinger was involved in, or was a friend of right-wing dictatorships in the 70s and in, in Argentina and Chile and all of that. I don't necessarily agree with that, but he is well-known all over the world. I guess that's uh, that's the point about 
Henry Kissinger. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.